in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey, Ma. Hey, Mary. How you doing? How's this morning looking at your house? This morning? Well, you know what? Yeah, it is an, it's an interesting morning because two of my kids are out of town. And so it always feels weird. I know. Wow. Yeah, just having two, yes. two kids. It's amazing how like if one kid's gone or two kids gone, like the whole dynamic shifts, you know? Man, I bet every mom listening who happens to be a mom out there knows yeah. that it is dramatically different yeah. removing one from the equation. I've had a really busy week. A person in my life, friend, uh, came out to just do a lot of some healing work and various things. And so- Yes, um, you've been very busy. It's been mm-hmm. full. So I, I feel like I've been like in another <laughs> world. I bet. And she, she flies out today and I can't really say goodbye to her this morning. But yeah, it's been really, really full. So yeah, I feel like- all of you know what it's like to, whether you've got all the, everybody's got the flu in your house or whatever's oh my happening. Gosh, yes. You just come out of it. It's like, okay, what's really going on in the no, rest of the world? Totally. So I'm having, having that kind of moment today, but welcome everybody listening again. We just love you and are so glad you're with us. And really, you just don't know the joy it brings us to know that you're joining us this morning. So thanks for being yes, here. Yes. So today we are going to be talking about listening and the beauty of listening, why we believe listening is so important, listening to the Lord and listening to each other. Obviously, we've talked so much about the power of story and sharing our stories, but also how important it is to listen to each other's stories and to really be attentive and be intentional about listening to the people around us. Oh man. Yes, yes, yes. And I love how you started out just now with saying really listening is the primary kind of thing that we bring forward to build connection and trust and for someone to feel valued far more than the things that we're actually saying to them. So listening is super, super valuable in terms of building relationship. And what I see from the word is that, of course, God has given us the living word and the Holy Spirit as his presence. But he has, there's a a lot of indication there that he wants us oftentimes to just come to him and sit with him. And with that, really a primary thing that a lot of us miss is to just sit with him and listen and he'll actually direct us or drop things into our heart. And he gives us a grit about that, that it can be small and still, and you have to really be intentional sometimes. And so he gives us these guideposts with developing that kind of relationship with him. The other thing, when you talked about the people and God, that just automatically reminds me of first and second commandment, that this is, it all comes down to this love 
the Lord your God and to love others. And so how do we love? We've talked about what does love look like? Well, when it comes to conversation, it has a lot to do with laying down your agenda and trying to get your opinion or to persuade somebody to your thoughts, but it has a lot to do with listening. Obviously, some people are better at it than others, but we just want to start with it's the key to all your relationships is for you to learn how to listen and even more than that, begin to grow with a desire and a curiosity to really hear someone as if you're listening to them for the first time with our husbands, our kids, our coworkers, our family members outside of maybe marriage, man, can we just kind of roll our eyes inside and not really be paying attention. So I think what we really want to highlight today too, is just let's relook at this. You may roll your eyes and think, I know this, I understand this. But oftentimes, the more close we are to a person, we really stop listening. Whether it's new relationships or really old relationships in your life that you've known since you were obviously from your family, the idea of just let's let's sort of open our hearts and our minds today to just really think about this. How much is this strengthening my relationships? How much of it is really me, the one damaging a relationship because I'm not present in that conversation. I don't really care. I'm bored. I'm checking out. I'm not making eye contact. I'm looking at my phone continually. A million, million things. So this is really a challenge for all of us to say, am I valuing another person? Am I valuing what they have to say? Even though I think I know them so well, I can finish their sentence and they've told me that a hundred times and I don't want to listen again. That can come up with our children too, right? We feel like we already know the narrative, like I I don't really need to hear this again. There's so many things that get in the way of really putting the person in front of us ahead of ourselves and spending a lot of time trying to be focused and intentional for the purpose of learning something, for the purpose of blessing them, for the purpose of having feedback that is not just reactionary, but you've had long enough time to think about what they're saying because you're listening well, that now you actually have something to add to the conversation. So just want to start with that. And yeah, that's, that's really good. I feel like there's so many different reasons why we're not fully being intentional and listening. I think some of it is just habit. We're just, there's this habit of looking down at our phone or not really fully engaging. I think, like you said, there is relationships and people in our lives that we are kind of checked out from. We're just really, we really don't care, to be honest. We're just kind of going through the motions. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's multiple reasons why we're not listening and why we're not fully being intentional when we're listening. But I think just to reiterate, when we think, I mean, I think we all could sit down. We love to be heard. If we all, everyone I feel like could admit that, right? We love it when somebody sits and just looks in our face. I don't care if you're three or if you're 103, you want someone to sit and to listen to you, fully listen to you. And I know that this is something that has bothered me for so long when people don't listen to each other or when they cut each other off or just talking over each other. It is like nails on a chalkboard. And we all have experienced it. 
All of us have experienced it. Absolutely. I was going to say, yeah, I must know that. Yeah. We've, we've all done it and we <laughs> have all been the victim of it. A hundred percent. But listening to yes. my oldest daughter when she was younger, probably like 12-ish, 12, 13, and listening to her and her friends, it was eye-opening. But I was just, I was in the car with her and her little friends and there was like five of them and just hearing them talk all over each other. And one would share a story. And then the second the one would share a story or something that they did, no one would at all acknowledge that story. They were just quick to be like, okay, cool. Now let me one up your story with something that happened to me. Right. And it was, it was cringeworthy. I was like, oh my gosh, this is painful to listen to. No one was paying attention to the other person. No one was really recognizing or validating the other. And so anyway, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is bad. So after that, I sat all my kids down. I think I told you this mom. And I was like, okay, guys, you guys are terrible at listening. Okay. Besides just listening to me, that's a whole nother thing. But even just listening to your friends, listening to each other, this is a skill we need to build. So I sat them all down in the living room and I said, okay, each one of us are going to take a turn sharing a little story. It can be made up. It can be anything. I don't care what it is. You're just going to share a few sentences of, I went to the park today and got a snow cone. You're going to say anything. Okay. After you share your little part of the story, each one of us in the room has to ask two to three questions. We are not allowed to jump in with something. Hey, that reminds me when I got a snow cone. Nope. You're not allowed to do that. You know, you need to ask two to three follow-up questions. What did the snow cone taste like? Oh, that sounds really fun. Did you go with other people? It was so funny. And it was also... So eye-opening to see how difficult it was for them. So one of them would share just some silly story or make up something. And the others were like, what do I say? And so I was giving them prompts and things, but it was, it was such an amazing exercise. And I was telling some friends that I did that and they're like, oh my gosh, we need to do that with adults. And I was like, no, we probably really do. But yeah, just this. And again, this is just, that was just one little exercise, but just this idea of when someone shares something, no matter how deep, I mean, obviously the more deep and the more someone's pouring out their soul, even more so is this the case. But I'm literally just talking about when someone just shares a story, they're just telling us about their day and we're quick to either blow it off, just kind of not pay attention or just redirect the conversation. Oh, that reminds me of myself and a story that I had rather (laughs) than stopping and not just acknowledging like, okay, cool. But now let's ask follow-up questions. Let's ask them about that story. Let's pull them out even a little bit more. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be weird and like formulaic. Although I will say side note, and then I'll stop talking that my husband, he totally doesn't mind me sharing this, but he's kind of, he's always had a little bit of social anxiety. And when he was younger, it was way worse. And he realized, okay, if I go into a social situation, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. He likes to know what to expect, but he learned really early on. People love talking about themselves. (laughs) And he's like, oh my gosh, people just love it. And they just think I'm the greatest thing on earth when I listen to them. And so he learned really early on, I just have to ask a lot of questions. 
if I go into a room mm. and sitting with somebody or whatever, and he does this now, if he has to go to any corporate event with work or anything, he's like, I just find somebody and just start asking them questions and then they'll answer. And I just keep asking, okay, what's another follow-up question for that? What's another? And he's like, and then I really do get interested and engaged. He's like, but people just eat it up. And I'm like, okay, this is the key to social anxiety. So it's so funny. But so again, that's its own little side note. But I will say what he found, like what his epiphany was when he was younger rings true for all of us, man, people love to talk. People love to share their stories. <laughs> and so will we give them the opportunity to just share and for us to just listen. Yes. And almost every time that Charlie, my husband, after he would just listen to somebody, it seems like everyone since he's been in high school till now, they're like, wow, you're such a good listener. Thank you so much for listening. And he's like, I, I was just asking questions. I was just being here. I was just being present yeah. and how uncommon that is. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And uh, I think that's a great example of someone maybe for a very different reason is asking those questions. But at the end of the day, this person who Charlie's asking questions to is being so benefited by having someone just listen to them. And so can something be acquired, even if you're not interested, even if it's, if it's not interesting, what they're right. talking about, or maybe you don't even really like spending time with them, but you're at a party, but in the bigger, bigger picture, the idea of listening matters a lot in your general business life and and friends and family and all these different scenarios, but added to that, that it can be acquired and we can learn and we can be mindful. We can practice this conversation is like playing a ball. When you throw the ball and the other one holds the ball the whole time and they never throw it back, they're not playing the game right. Little children right. know that if you're throwing a ball back a and example. forth and yeah. you know what they do so often is with children, the smaller they are, once they get the ball thrown to them, they just toddle away mm -hmm. and run with it. They don't want to give you the ball back like a dog who doesn't want to mm -hmm. give the bone back. I think remembering it is like throwing a ball back and forth. If you find yourself holding onto the ball for the majority of the conversation, that's a way to just kind of a mindful way to think about it. I think what we're saying is that it's, it's, it's funny, things that we do and habits we establish we don't necessarily check in with ourselves, but back to the idea of relationship, first and second commandment. Let's start with the people in your life. So what does the soul and the spirit have to do with something so practical, like talking and listening? Well, I think it goes back to where, if those pieces in me are not, those longings aren't being met and I'm not developing any kind of interest in others as much as I'm interested in myself, if I'm living out of the place of self and I'm always grabbing at things to kind of fulfill those longings of my own heart to be heard, I don't really have much to bring to the table with a conversation. Yes. I don't have much to bring to the table in a relationship because it's always going to be about myself. Now we're, we're talking about integration at this point about listening. So saying, how do I you know, get to the place where I'm genuinely interested. I'm motivated by love. I want to know this person. Like you were saying, Mary, I want to look into their eyes and let them know I'm present. 
I care. I respect them no matter how different they are from me or no matter if, if they're again, a, a, a total stranger to my closest person. The idea is that I would begin to value what God values. He listens to us all the time because that's one of the primary parts of an intimate relationship with somebody outside of ourselves is give and take listening and sharing, listening and sharing. So one of the things you can do as we're talking about this today is just check in with yourself, look around at some of your relationships and maybe take an honest evaluation. And if you're at all, I'm not sure how much I do that, but just take this to your, to your conversation, just, just for a week ahead of you and see if it begins to change people's responses. If they seem to feel full after you've had a conversation, if you find them saying, gosh, I think I talked about myself the whole time. Thank you so much for listening. If they never say that or don't say it very often, when you find yourself talking a lot, this is, I, I do believe this is something that God can bring to our mind. And this gets down to very right. practical, practical kinds of steps. But at the same time, I believe there's a lot behind it as there are so many other things. Why? are we always dominating? Why is our opinions, do we have to so, so push back? And now a conversation becomes more a defending of my right. position, right? So, so we're not even really communicating because I'm not even listening to you. And I'm not even curious to take it back and say, I'm interested to know how did, how did this, how did this come about? What were the parts that, that made you come to this position? And then listen, as if you're reading a book and you really want to know some facts. You want to understand the subject more. Some of us are more born with that or things have been set up in our lives to make us more inquisitive and more curious. I would just say it sounds like just something so straight, like we're talking about business skills or something that might not be relevant to you, but I guarantee you with your children, with your closest relationships and with your family of origin, listening well with a with a heart to really know and understand is the key. And so you can pray that God would increase your curiosity. And there's a lot of ways for us to increase our curiosity. Yeah. I think that something you said, as far as being intentional, when someone is even speaking, I think it, it does come back to our heart posture when someone's talking. And I think this definitely comes into play when it's people that are really close to us, our husband, our children, our best friends, our family members, sisters, brothers, mothers, fathers, where it's like, we kind of know what they're going to say. It's kind of on autopilot. Or the other side of that is we don't really like what they're saying, right? Whatever their opinion is or what they're saying, it always kind of irks us or it just kind of irritates us. Their opinion annoys us. Maybe we don't agree with it. So we're thinking already in our head how we can kind of get out of it, how we can kind of check out or how we can debate that. We're thinking in our head, oh, well, they're, they're wrong. So let me tell them why they're wrong. I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place to be able to speak our opinion. That's not what we're saying. We're saying, be mindful. And I mean, much more than that, listen to the Holy Spirit so many times. And I'm not saying this because I'm like super spiritual. I'm saying this because I'm like, I, I truly feel like, you know, King David so much of the time, I'm like, Lord, I have no good in me besides you, Jesus. So I have nothing to say unless you give me the words to say. So, so many times when someone is talking internally, I'm like saying, Holy Spirit, show me what to say right now. 
give me what to say. I don't know how, how, any idea how to respond. Help me to respond in love. Help me to be kind. I'm intentionally saying this in my mind so I don't just have a knee-jerk response, mainly to my kids or to, to a familiar conversation that's difficult. And so I'm saying this in my heart and mind so that when they do share something, they're talking about something that I might not agree with or might be kind of a hard thing to hear. I'm not immediately just responding and that I'm just able to just hear them, to just listen. And maybe it's not the time and the place to just tell them why they're wrong or to tell them our opinion. It's just to listen. And we can trust the Lord that we don't have to be the one in that moment to tell them why they're wrong, that we can just (sighs) listen. We can Mm. just hear their heart. Yes. And the older I get, the more that I, I feel like I have this role. And when I'm having a conversation with someone, they're expecting a piece of wisdom. They're expecting one of Pamela's nuggets Mm -hmm. or something. So there's so many reasons why we can feel the need. So that's just kind of a, an interesting motive that can cause me to be like, oh, I, I need to say something. It can come in so many ways where you feel responsible to many of us are walking some of those codependent places where we feel like we have to come back right. with an answer or we have to help this person and show them because they don't see or understand. It's interesting how much when we look at how well we're listening and what our motives are to listen, or if we even considered listening, are are really all Absolutely. over the board and something we don't usually give thought to. But I love what you just said about, and I find this, again, I'm, I'm older, but the truth is, oftentimes, so I'm agreeing with this wholeheartedly, oftentimes, just the person telling whatever they're telling without being interrupted or you're leaning in, you're nodding, you're really using body language again, which is 80% of our conversation. So you're very engaged. They often will say, you know, I don't think I ever told anybody that. But again, I think we don't always have to be so quick to feel like we have to respond. And like your husband and one of your children, you said, just like others with social anxiety, sometimes it's just better to ask questions. I mean, it's just better to start with that than when someone has shared something for you to, you know what? I know that happened to me once. Yes. I know that we're trying. That's our way. Depending on who you are, that's our way to empathize. That's our way to say, I know how that feels. And that is probably my, one of my number one things. It'll trigger a story of mine to say, oh, I, I want mm-hmm. them to know. I really know how you feel. But unfortunately, it took me a long time to know that that's not the first thing yes. that needs to come out of yes. my mouth with someone. Yep. Because you yep. just steal away. Yep. You know, it's as if it's as if somebody's telling a, a good joke, which I don't tell because I'm not good at it. But it's as if and you steal their punchline. You've taken the power of what they're saying and you've taken it from them. So let's pause long enough and you don't have to empathize with them in that way. Just listening is very, very empowering for them to be heard. Yeah. And you're kind of minimizing even without, without trying to at at all, but it does kind of minimize what they're saying. Charlie actually 
I keep using examples for my husband, but this has been like an ongoing joke with him and I, because I apparently used to do this all the time because I'm always trying to find a way to Mm. relate. And he would just get so annoyed and I wasn't sure why, Mm. but now we've, we've talked about it a lot more, but he would wake up and be like, oh, I didn't sleep well last night. I had a weird, really weird dream. And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't sleep well either. And I'm like, oh, I just, I hate that. That's so frustrating. I had this super weird dream too. And he was like, okay, well, awesome. This is now all about you. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that was so not my heart. My oh my heart gosh. Was yes. To build this bridge, but that wasn't what was happening at all. And that's a small, silly thing, but to really intense things when someone shares something really deep and maybe we feel awkward in that moment, we don't know what to say. So our first go-to is, oh, well, that's happened to me too just to be really mindful and intentional instead of going there to pause. And I love what you said, mom, in that moment of just stop, just pause and ask questions. When when you want to feel rise up yes. to be like, okay, what do I say? How can I relate? Or in your head, you're already jumping to a story that you think is going to bring encouragement yes. to them. Just wait on it. Just wait on it. And just ask questions, ask some follow-up questions. And you'll be amazed that they might still have a lot more to say. Yes, absolutely. I, as probably you just doing some research about listening, I mean, this is kind of a number Mm -hmm. one thing is no matter how many great things you have to say as you're listening to them, and you might not even be the person who's trying to build a story and you're just waiting for your turn to come back at what they're saying, which we can always do if we're in any kind of a conflictual relationship or we're in a subject where opinions are different. That's when you're kind of waiting your turn to say, well, no, you have to understand this is why I think this when you're missing this point. And so we're not even listening when that's happening. in one of those kind of conversations, we truly are just holding our tongue and waiting Mm -hmm. to get the ball back. That's all we're doing. We're not looking at how well they hold the ball or how well they throw the ball. We just want to get the ball back. Right. Basketball. We want to steal the ball before it's our turn. We want to take it. But just pausing, you almost can't go wrong in conversations when someone has shared anything with you. You can't go wrong by leaning in to ask a who, what, where, Mm -hmm. why, when, how did you feel? There's just a million questions you can ask. And obviously, the more genuinely that's happening in you and it becomes more of a rhythm and you do all of a sudden get awakened by curiosity to really listen. You desire to listen. You're curious. You want to know the story. You want to know the hows and the whys and how did this come to be? And so this goes back to this idea of always being ready and willing and desiring to learn something new. Interesting. I'm kind of jumping topics to another idea about curiosity and how we can grow that. And I thought it was really interesting. I was reading some of the some of the synopsis of a book by a Harvard professor called Lifelong Kindergarten. And it really grabbed me, but just that doesn't have to wane. Right. What's naturally happening us at four, five, and six. But all of that to say that one of the interesting things that can really cap the curiosity inside of us is Mm. just age. And age for you could be you're in your 40s now compared to that girl or guy you were in your 20s. What begins to happen is it's like, been there, done that. Oh, I've already made my decision about that. Okay, you can say this, this, and this. 
mm-hmm. but I'm not really interested because now as I'm getting older, my cement is right. no longer wet. It's dry. And it's like, been there, done that. Oh yeah, I did that. That just happened the other day. What Exactly what you're saying. Wow. Is when someone shares a story yes. and maybe they're really excited about it. Like, oh, my kid did this or, or right here. And you're yes. kind of thinking in your head, okay, cool. Like, well, I'm really excited about that. Like, yeah, I've done that multiple times. And again, not like excited <laughs> with them. Exactly. Or right, the biggest example I can think of is as a wedding photographer, every time, you know, I go wedding, I love weddings. I love capturing them, but you know, time it's like, Oh, we're going to do this kind of unique tradition or something. And I'm like, that's so cool. Thinking in my head, most, a lot of people do that tradition. You know, everybody thinks it's <laughs> their idea, right? Like the coolest new idea, but it's not my job to be like, yeah, everyone does that. Right. It's like, I want to be fully engaged with them and fully present and fully excited with them. And so anyway, I just, what you were saying, I so huge too, because no matter what they're saying, I don't care if you've heard it a million times, if you've done it a million times, right second you put like in, in their balloon and just kind of like, I know my kid does that all the time. Oh, like what? Like, oh my and again, gosh, it's yes. going back to just being so intentional to be like, Oh, I see. They're really excited about this. Oh, this is a big deal for them. How can I enter into their joy and excitement? How can I match what they're feeling? Right? Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. celebrate mm-hmm. with them because for them it's brand new. Right. Or, or grieve with them. Or if grieve, it's like something sad that we yes. might be minimizing and be like, oh my gosh, yes. this isn't that big of a deal or yes. feeling that, oh my gosh, really? You're that upset about this? But it's like, oh no, 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 no. That's where the Holy Spirit helped me, exactly. help me to enter in right now, match what they're feeling, yes. go with them where they're at. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you say match what they're feeling, these are all part of listening. So it may sound like we're all over the board today, but I think one of the reasons why that is, is because this is a huge umbrella in our lives. And I don't think we're, we're thinking about it often enough, but when you say match with their feeling, there's this idea in, I'd say psychology or, or those who maybe sit with people to purposely hear things from them, but the idea of, of matching that mood. So you can kind of mirror what they're feeling when, when somebody's face that you're looking at is deep into a story and their face is beginning to look sad, afraid, or angry, you're not going to be smiling at them. Right. Okay. And you, we do this intuitively. Yes. Typically. We, yeah, absolutely. And some of us are much more better than others. But in reality, think about this. That's kind of intuitive, particularly as a mom, let's say. But we, we might get less good at it with, again, our husband. We're expecting them to be an adult. They're not a child. I don't have to match my emotion to them. We don't think that consciously, but we begin to treat them differently, sometimes worse than we would treat a stranger. So yes. really these come these things come to play in terms of really building trust and deposits into your closest relationships. I'm telling you that your listening, your facial expressions have a lot to do with all these pieces. But being in touch with yourself So that when someone is talking about something that's really sad or stressful or that they've been really hurt by, you just want to pause and lean in, you know, again, that comes natural to many of us, but to those who don't, you can be intentional. And I would say that in the same way, we, we want to match that joy because that's where we can, it it can be a surprise to us. Like we've done that a thousand times or our kids have done that a thousand times, 
because we might be at a different season in our life with our kids than our, our younger friend. Just being paying attention to these things, to be present with whomever you're with and matching on some level their celebration or their loss or their sadness. We think that's another good tip to keep in mind. Yes. And as we as we kind of come to a close, I love how we can kind of end with what you said, Mom, as far as really this comes back to the first and second commandment. You know, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength, and love others as yourself. But can we really even have the second without the first? Back to this integration. Can we even love if we aren't ourselves have anything to give? And so fully being able to listen and be present with the Holy Spirit. And I was just having this conversation with one of my kids. There's so much noise happening around us constantly. I mean, I'm talking to myself, just learning how to listen to the Holy Spirit. This specific podcast episode today, I feel like my mom and I kind of had more of a heart of listening in terms of relationship, relationship with other people and in the body of Christ and just listening to any strangers, anyone, rather than listening to the Lord. I feel like that's a whole nother topic, but I do feel like just ending on that a little bit again, as we always are talking about how nothing is disconnected. Everything is a part of something else. Nothing is just, oh, that's just in a box on the shelf. I just listen really well, but every other part of my life, I'm not doing well. That's not how life works. It all seeps into each other. So just being able to sit with the Lord and say, Lord, am I listening to you? Am I listening to the Holy Spirit when I'm talking to other people? Am I listening to you just in the day to day, God, teach me how to hear your voice and how to stop and not power through my day and just continue to just give in to the bombardment of noise and information rather than stopping. I told my kids, it's like putting on headphones. There's You're like walking through New York City. That's how living in life is. You're walking through New York City. And unless you're intentional to put on noise canceling headphones, meaning just sitting and pausing and sitting with the Lord, it's almost impossible to hear what the Lord is saying. So just kind of ending with that note of, yes, we could give you all these formulas of this is how to be a better listener, but what is the heart behind that? I love how you were saying, mom, like, again, the heart is that we actually care about these people. We actually, we don't just want something from them, but we actually care about them. We actually are filled with a heart of love for them. And that truly only comes from us being filled ourselves. Yes, 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 yes. You know, I think the greatest inspiration is love. And where do we connect with that is by this receiving and speaking back and blessing the Lord. I think just think of that beautiful space with the Lord. He wants you to just carry that same sweetness that you have with him. He wants you to carry that into all your relationships that you would be like the father in front of someone. You might be like the son like a brother, like a mother, that you would be the one that is a reflection of who he is, who listens so well and doesn't cut us off because he cares and he's present. And the calling today that we're calling you to is to consider your relationships as sacred. They're not just an add-on. They're not just something you need to get better at your best inspiration and motivation is going to come from the Lord, which comes from a pure heart of love that it's about you and not me. This was a great conversation and we can continue on some of these topics in the future, but we just pray that you're blessed by this and be encouraged and try it out this week.
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Go and go and try it out with a friend, with your kid, with your husband. Don't say anything to them. Don't say, I'm mm-hmm, doing this exercise. Mm-hmm. Just do it for a few times and just see, see if they are like, huh, this is different. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so give it a try. And we're super curious to see if, if, if you do have experiences, let us know, uh, jump on our Instagram, send us a message. We would love, love, love to hear about it. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the more than enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website, but for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at amesgirls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.